0: hello gentlemen welcome to another alchemy answers this is episode 7 i'm here with donnie he's finally back from his parents and we have some questions to answer so let's get right into it donnie how's it going
1: uh pretty good man it's been a rough couple days travel and stuff but uh i am excited to be talking about dota again being away from the game has made me more motivated to to put out content so
0: i know how i know how it feels man let me tell you i just made a video about uh, what was it abusing there's a part of it where i'm talking about kind of abusing that feeling that like itch that you get to play dota you know you go away to like a cottage for two weeks you come back and you just want to play it's actually like super broken to play dota Uh, during those periods, because wanting to play is just so good at making you think actively about the game. Anyway, let's get into the goddamn uh, comments and questions, because that's something else.
1: (laughs) Okay, so first one is, as a carry, how do I win the lane in this current meta? We've had a lot of people complaining about how to win the lane as a carry these days.
0: Yeah, Um, okay, you don't. Uh, Donnie, you want to go next question? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Winning the lane, I would say that, like, there's a large degree of uh, supporting that needs to be done. It's kind of a little bit on your on your 5-roll. Well, it's a dual lane most of the time, so I definitely say there's a lot on the 5-roll. Uh, you want a hero that can keep them at bay, you know, like a Crystal Maiden and something like that, and you can get some farm while they're healing up from the harass. That's, like, one way of dealing with it. You have the Warlocks where you can heal and you can farm, And then there's also heroes that you can pick that are going to basically do that in in the carry role. But it typically is not going to be a hero that's actually a a carry esque hero. I've seen a lot of high rated carries. They're not picking these uh, typical carries. If they are picking a typical carry, it's because it's really good in the lane against the particular hero. So the picks really matter. But if they're not picking, if if they can't do that, then they'll pick something like a Necrophos or a Venomancer or a Bloodseeker, something that's going to get something no matter what. Uh, so basically, I think that if you're if you're having problems in the in the safe lane, it's probably as a result of of picks for the most part. And uh, worst case, if you do find yourself in a situation where you are losing that lane, it's very likely because that's the lane that's meant to lose. And in Dota, there's you're never going to win all three lanes, and if you do, it's because there's a lot of uh, outskilling or like a total outdraft, and that happens so infrequently. So I definitely say that uh, if worst case you can't do anything, then just sit there get xp go jungle like do literally whatever it is that you can you know pull the wave and just don't feed and that's your job in that game um it's to not feed sometimes that's the off lane sometimes that's a mid lane sometimes that's the the safe lane there's going there's going to be a losing lane and a lot of the time now it's it's the carry lane and uh, i know that a lot of carries don't know how to deal with that because that hasn't been the carry lane for a long time but it now is and the way that we deal with it as these other roles is you pick better heroes to to actually destroy the lane or you uh just get what you can get without feeding as much as possible because you got to trust the other lanes to do their job as well
1: yeah that uh pretty much sums it up i guess one thing i just want to add is that if you're ever having a hard lane and a hard game uh just kind of like scale back your expectations about what you should be doing on your hero and also in the drafting phase like scale back your expectations play heroes that are very simple and straightforward and can do stuff on their own and survive on their own especially in a pub environment where you're maybe not going to have the best support um but basically yeah just like as as leaning focused as dota is in in a pub environment especially like below probably like 6 or 7k like the leaning phase well, it is very important, and you do want to win the laning phase. People are going to make a lot of mistakes throughout the course of the game, so you can still come that's back true. into games. Um, so don't just like assume that because you're having a hard lane that you're going to lose the game. It's more of like if you have a hard lane and you feed, then you will absolutely lose the game. And if you can just have a hard lane and just like tank the, tank the shit for your team, then you usually can actually come back into games with the space that's created later on.
0: There's actually something I wanna sorry for interjecting, but it's something I do wanna say here. You're completely right. There's actually a meta where there are people that are picking just to win team fights and then losing every lane and then winning team fights in the mid game. Like, depending on your heroes, even if you lose all the lanes, even if you trust your team to win the other lanes and they feed, you can still win the game by virtue of just being a better team fight lineup or being a better split push lineup. It's just about recognizing like what your lineup is good at doing. If you lose the lanes and you're worse at everything than the enemy team, then you're probably screwed unless they unless they mess up which they will but uh you know sometimes it's really hard but a lot of the time your, your draft is actually a lot better at doing things outside of the lanes and you just have to get to that point without feeding as much as you can anyway
1: all right so, uh, let's do a quick one after that which is okay. uh need an update on ta they nerf traps is ta still viable
0: yeah i mean ta is definitely still viable i think that the the trap damage was just too high because it's something that that they recently implemented but um the fact that she can put up like twelve traps or something means that it doesn't really matter if she has to use two traps to to kill a wave. And I don't even I don't even think she does because by the time by the time she gets the um
1: I think at level trap... three it, it does kill a full wave, right? If you have yeah, the, well, the talent plus level three traps.
0: Yeah, I, I was playing TA I was playing TA the other day and um I noticed that the level one uh with the With the talent, did not kill the wave, but it depends on like what points in the game you're at because the creeps get more and more HP. But I, I would say that yeah, I mean she's still perfectly, she's still perfectly fine because I mean even if she, even if she's not capable of like farming that wave, if if she can get a bunch of damage on it, that's still really broken. (laughs) But uh, I do think that when when she's level when she's level three, which is level three in the uh the the trap, it still kills the full wave. And obviously, uh, Ta gets insane amounts of levels in the game, so I I think it's fine. It's just a nerf to her early game basically because it honestly did way too much damage. Like she gets six and you have to have a sentry in lane or you die. Like that just wasn't fair. It was already kind of like that for TA, but now she has this 300 damage nuke. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think TA still, TA is still really good.
1: Yeah. I mean, nothing else really changed about the hero other than she no, just is no. less broken. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, Basically. Okay. So next question is what if you're in the mid lane and you keep getting ganked um so it's like a a 3v1 mid lane for example you're getting ganked by both supports or they're camping the lane um and they kill you a couple times and your side lanes are also losing their lanes even though most of the resources are being dedicated to shutting down you
0: that's a good question um I think that goes back to the to the stuff that we talked about with the with the carry rule. I think we already kind of went into the the topic, but just to reiterate, I think that if you're losing all the lanes in Dota and they're dedicating a lot to the mid lane, then what you can do is you can just say, okay, um, I'm gonna you're we're losing all lanes, so there's no point in going to these lanes, right? So you need you need to change something, and what you can change to actually get a, a an efficient. Uh, use of the map is to send like a pudge or whatever your support is that needs the most levels send them mid and then take your mid hero and go jungle and sure you'll get less than you would by going in that mid lane but your pudge is going to get way more and you'll still get something in the jungle and then you're not feeding the pudge is feeding and who gives a shit if like a pudge or a lion or something like that is feeding and that way the total gold that you're getting the total experience that you're getting will will be much greater than it was before it's just that you'll be getting a little bit less because the jungle is shittier than the mid lane. But obviously, like I said, that's better than feeding a bunch of gold into somebody when you're a very important hero. Uh, so a lot of the time, you can actually end up getting a lot more by going to the jungle. And uh, then your Pudge, obviously, like your Pudge or your line, they're, they're clearly going to get more because they're getting a free mid lane. And uh, if the enemy team is still dedicating resources to kill a Pudge, well then, you know, let them. That's great. That's fine. That's what he wants. So that that's just the way. The, the worst thing that you can do is just stay in the same situation and wonder why nothing is changing. Because like you have to make that change yourself.
1: Yeah, I think another thing that is really important to note is that if there are like two or three heroes in the in the mid lane, and you basically just like sit on your side of the river and then you just keep the creeps off the tower, you will end up getting like a two or three level advantage on their mid laner, like pretty quickly, just because of you know the nature of splitting experience. And so even if you have like you know half of the, the last hits that the other hero has um dota scales in kind of an interesting way where most heroes tend to spike early based off of levels and then they spike off of items and then they spike off of levels again and then they spike off of items again so it's like if you are alina for example and you're being camped by two heroes and you literally cannot go into the river otherwise you die then you can just kind of get your level six just by being around the creeps and trying to get as many just not denied creeps as possible. You don't even have to get the last hits. And then once you're yeah. level six, you literally just run bottom and you kill their carry for free. And then maybe you go hit some jungle camps and then you do a Jenkins said, and you say, hey, one of the supports just go here. And now you're a level six Lina that has the ability to kill anybody on the map and their mid hero is level four. And so then now that you've killed their carry the supports go back bottom and now you're a level six Lina facing a level four mid hero and then you kill them and then you
0: yeah. sometimes you actually end up with a with a support that's higher level than the mid laner too yeah. like you can actually get a support to be a core which obviously if that's pudge or something and he has core levels that's i mean that's obscene it's so good so uh, i mean line to any of these heroes any of these support heroes can actually function really nicely if they get levels so you, you can actually win games by doing that period You don't even have to be in, like, a shitty scenario. If you can jungle fast, that's a good thing to do a lot of the time. Or if you can go gank bot, like Donnie said. If you can go gank, then, you know, go for it. Give us support the lane.
1: I mean, I think one of the biggest things that a lot of people struggle with, um, especially, like, I think it's worse the lower you go in MMR, but I see it across, like, the entire spectrum, is that people just have, like, this need to be the star of the show all the time and sometimes it's just not viable sometimes it's better for you to just not be the star and you'll win games if you can just like put your ego aside for a minute and just like you know be the fifth or sixth net worth hero as, as the carry or as the mid hero and just kind of do your job and don't give up and you'll very likely do pretty well because those resources will be distributed somewhere else on your team in like yeah
0: dota is a game of space like if you look at competitive replays uh, especially with like the tier one teams you'll see that there's not just space being made for the carry there's not just space being made for the mid or, or these heroes like farming resources it's it's everybody uh like for example like a slaughter blink is much much more important than you know like an invoker drums you know what i mean like so There's certain timings where there are actually heroes on the map that become the carry like your crystal maiden might have the highest farm priority Because she's very close to a glimmer cape for example. There's a lot of magical damage on the enemy team So it's just a game of like giving and taking space to the right heroes and a lot of the time giving giving that uh, mid lane giving space to the to the pudge or to the to the line or whatever support is is actually better for winning the game It's not better for you. You know, you're not gonna be the star like Donnie said it's not better for you But it's better for you because you're going to win the game, right? So it depends on what you want. Like, if you want to be the star, it's not better for you. If you want to win the game, it's better for you in a lot of scenarios. So it's just a a process of thinking about who it is that that should take the space at that point in the game. And uh, it's not easy to do. I'm not saying it's easy. It's just something that a lot of people don't think about, period. So if you think about it, you'll definitely win a lot more.
1: Yep. Uh, Okay, next question is basically... What is the impact of each tower in the game? Let's let's just do the outer towers. Like, what rank them from most important to least important?
0: Okay. Well, uh, I know a lot of people right now are defending their safe lane tower, and I think a large degree of that is just it's just because, uh, and that's in like six to seven k games. I think a, a large reason for that is just because um, everybody knows that that's the first tower that people go for because it's the easiest to take. So they're basically it's this like trending thing that doesn't make it the most important tower that makes it uh, that just makes it like that's what the current trend is. That's what a lot of people are doing right now just for um, you know just because it's interesting. but uh, that's not the most important tower in my opinion. The most important tower to keep alive for you is is the mid lane tower because that protects all of the jungles. it gives you access to the middle of the map, which there's really nothing else there that gives you access to that. I guess maybe the shrines, but it it gives you like instant access to basically get anywhere very quickly on the map. It's you cannot smoke past it. So it basically protects from smoking to change map orientation without running on your own side of the map. So basically what I'm saying is like if, if, if people are like occupying your jungle, for example, and they want to enter into your offlane jungle area, if the mid-tower is dead, they can just smoke through it and kill you there. But that's literally not possible without walking uphill and walking through their own jungle uh, without, um, without that mid... Like If the mid-tower is there, they, they, they can't do that. They, they have to walk through their own jungle, which sucks. And then obviously, obviously the mid-tower is very close to the Roshan pit. It gives you ac- very easy access to exactly where you want to ward for the for, uh, at the Roshan pit, and then it gives you access to like all the river area, all the ward spots. The mid tower is just like fucking insane. The mid tower is insane for sure, which is why losing mid and losing that tower is so bad. And somebody should always go there and uh, pull the creeps off. So that's a really important tower. I would say that probably the safe lane tower is the next most important one to to keep. It's just really hard to keep, which is why a lot of people don't do it. Uh, it's it's really hard to keep because there's so much space between the tier one and the tier two Which means there's really good ward vision people can gank behind the tower without getting punished It takes a long time to TP to it because if you TP to the tier two You have to do a lot of walking to get to the tier one so it's hard to defend but it's, it's really important to defend because um, Exactly the reasons that I listed it's very far away from the tier two So it gives you a lot of access to your jungle very safely and to the bounty room that's there so if you keep that alive you have access that you otherwise would not have and you have a lot of access to, sh- to resources that you would not have in a, a game where you lose it a lot of people like i said do do don't they don't defend that tower just because it's so damn hard to defend and then i would say the last one is uh the um the offline tower the offline tower is not all that important um because those towers are so close together that if the if the creep wave is bouncing between the tier one and the tier two in the offline, then it's it's fairly equivalent to the creep wave doing um Bouncing the only thing is it protects the bounty rune and it's but really teeping to the tier 2 versus the tier 1 there You see a lot of people defending the tier 1 by teeping to the tier 2 because it's so close So it's not really a teeping thing and the shrine is right there, too It's more so like uh, a, a bounty rune, you know a bounty rune thing and that's a hard tower to take People don't really go for that tower very often and it's not that important. So people leave it So that's the outer towers in my opinion
1: Yeah, and then what about tier twos do you think?
0: uh tier twos i think the mid tier two is pretty pretty difficult to take but it's it's not all that important because it's not as much of a security of that of that like roshan area and the kind of the the very center of the map which obviously is is really important um the tier twos are kind of even it's 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 hard hard to say because
1: yeah i would would say the 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 two top tier twos are the most important um to, to keep alive yeah once all the tier ones are gone
0: um uh, those are usually the ones people take try to take just because they're easier to take than the the off like the off people right. always leave like the entire off lane tier one and tier two down there because it's so hard it's so hard to take those it's very hard to like wrap behind them and it's easy to defend and, and right by the shrine you know so
1: right but i'm also saying like the like on dire side the top tier two is i would say the the best tier two tower as far as like getting to the roche pit uh, or, oh, or, yeah. or defending well. your shrine for example um i mean the mid tier 2 is there as well but like the the top tier 2 is actually closer to the shrine so the way i think about towers is like if you can teleport two people to the same location very quickly then that's really really valuable and like in that case the tier 2 top and the shrine you could get two people into the jungle very quickly um like, if you, if you were taking a fight there, for example. Um, just because, like, if you're staggering is everybody TPing to the same tower, then you're in trouble in, like, almost you every can't, You can't
0: defend shit, basically. Exactly.
1: So having the ability to put two people in the same location quickly is better than one, for obvious reasons. And uh, if you're trying to take a fight at Roshan and you lose your mid-tier two, but you still have your top-tier two, it's, like, not... I don't know. It's they're 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 fairly. Equal.
0: I I actually I actually think that the mid tier two is better. It's just more it's more access to like the middle area of the map. The the top tier two is just so hard. And this is if you're dire by the way. The uh, so your safe lane tier two. I was thinking that the, the the like right now that is almost always the lane that is played as the dead lane. So yeah. if you lose that tier two, that's fine because the enemy is going to want to c- control your jungle anyway because that is the dead lane and then also. That means the creep wave is going to be pushed into your tower, which is fine because you want a support to go take that dead lane and take the dead lane farm. So, I think fun. it's actually I think it's actually fine if you lose if you you lose that tier two. That's a really good question, by the way, because like these are these are things in Dota where you're kind of like you have a feeling for it, but you don't really have a you know a a, a fully reasoned out thought process behind it. You know, you just kind of follow what the trends are. But now that I'm thinking about it, that is. I, I notice in a lot of like 6 to 7k games that tower is just sacked for like a tier 1 or something like that and th- that is the the safe lane tier 2. And uh, I think the reason for that is largely because the safe lane towers are really hard to defend but also because that's that's the lane you don't want to play in anyway. So if that creep wave is pushed to your base, that's great yeah, because you ha- you can have somebody farm. safely farming. Yeah, where's the mid lane? Where's the mid lane like you if you push that thing out to your base and you kill one wave, it's all already across the river whereas like if you allow your if you allow your safe lane tier two to fall, you can kill like four waves before you're at the river on their side. Whereas in the mid in the mid lane, if you let that tier two fall, that's not a useful dead lane to have because you can't push that out. You can't get a bunch of farm there before pushing it out where it's unsafe. You know what I mean? Because it's a shorter distance. Right. Because the mid is such a short distance. So now that I'm thinking about it, actually those those uh those s- sideline tier 2s are a lot f- they're a lot more fine to lose i think also actually now that i'm thinking about that <laughs> if you lose if you lose the mid tier 2 and you lose a fight don't they just head straight down fucking mid and racks you because it's such a short distance like you definitely don't want to lose the mid tier 2 like yeah. it's just it's just the shortest distance now that i'm thinking about it.
1: it i don't know it's it's really interesting just like to kind of try and reason out what like st- it, i mean it, it is. It's like actually strategically what you do as opposed to like what the trends are people are doing right because i mean when i made the the video like dire and radiant being imbalanced one of the things that i was like kind of hypothesizing or theory crafting that you could do to counter the the imbalance as dire would be to like religiously defend your safe lane and then prioritize taking the radiant off lane tower and then warding like the shrine area in tier two so that you would basically like flip what usually happens, which is that radiant kind of naturally takes like the top side of the map. And then direct naturally takes the bottom side of the map and radiant just gets Rosh advantage because of that. Whereas like if you could get wards in the right places and like keep your safe lane tower and also take the, the radiant off lane, you could maybe kind of like have the top triangle yourself, but that's
0: a good strat. <laughs> that's a good, that's interesting. I like that. That's like, good shit.
1: I don't know if it's actually viable. Cause I, you know, it's,
0: no, that definitely sounds viable, actually. That de- because you're right, the the radiant takes the dire jungle 99 percent of the time. That's right. the dead lane, like that's where they take. So if you were to do that and then play, play as if the the, the dead lane is the other lane. I obviously, it take you have to have an advantage to do that. But maybe you build to take a laning advantage so that you can do that.
1: Yeah, and then you just have to basically shift where you ward to to keep securing that area. But like, of course, of course. Uh, I don't know. That's and ultimately, like if you did that, I think that the dire access to roche is slightly better just based on the tower placement
0: it's just that you need to take like a lane advantage in order to yeah, exactly. safely be able to do that it's a co- cool concept though that's a good question whoever asked that's a
1: god this is a good question <laughs> uh okay last question um oh yeah this is another good one these questions were oh, good god. it took us a while to find them but they're, yeah, they're damn. Really good questions um how do you efficiently learn a new hero
0: uh, there's a train going by, so I'll wait. We'll oh, go ahead and wait for that conductor to stop tooting his horn. Okay, so how do you efficiently learn a new hero? Um, It's it's definitely something... It's There's definitely a process to it. I would say that your first thing that you want to do is to watch replays of good players, uh, whether it's pros or, like, semi-pros playing in top-tier games. You watch them and see how they play it. Uh, just to kind of get a... F- Get a feel for it obviously like if you're talking like total baseline you can you can like look up the wiki and uh, the dota wiki and see like what the spells actually do whether it pierces spell immunity all of these things uh, but then you want to watch how like a good player plays it because then because there's always going to be uh you know trends and i say good player it sounds like i'm saying i'm a good player i'm not like whenever i want to learn a hero i'll watch like universe played or something like that i mean like the best of the best because they're going to do the things that really matter on that hero and they're going to show you very quickly why that hero's picked right now like for instance If you play Necrophos, and you don't play it in like a certain role, or build certain items with it that the top tier players are, it's gonna feel like trash. Uh, And that's because the hero is good because of these item builds, because of these choices that people are making. So you definitely want to first look at a replay of it, uh, and then you could play some unranked with that hero. You can just uh, pick it literally first, try to get countered, deal with the counters, get a really good idea of like the skills and who really destroys you. And then you could play it in, in, in ranked and you can kinda of pick it in the later stages where it you know doesn't doesn't matter that you get well, you can't get countered because it's 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 later. So it doesn't matter if you if there are counters to it because you're gonna pick it in the later phase, depending on the hero. But basically you wanna do watch pro replays, play it in unranked, play it in ranked, and that's it.
1: <laughs> that's funny. This is really cool just because so when I was uh, teaching snowboarding, we had to do a lot of studying of like the learning process. And part of that was differentiating between like the different styles of learning, whether you are like an experiential learner or a, uh, you learn by somebody explaining something to you or you learn visually. And so you obviously just took the approach of kind of like basically doing like research, like statistical research first as like your first step to learning something um and then eventually applying the knowledge and for me how I learn heroes is i would 100% first just go into a demo lobby and just like mess around with the spells and get a feel for what like controlling the hero feels like um i would definitely want to like feel what the cast points are like and the cast animations and the movement turn rate that sort of stuff and then once i kind of understand what it feels like then i would look at like a pro replay of the hero. Um, and specifically I would probably look at a pro player playing in a pub just because generally speaking, yeah, you're not going to play with like a well-coordinated team. And so things will be different, uh, pretty significantly. And then after that, um, I I wouldn't spend a ton of time looking at the replays. I would maybe like watch one or two, and then I'd want to get more experience actually controlling the hero with that extra knowledge from having watched the pro player and so then I would play, um, and for me, I just play ranked all the time. Like it's, it's not the best MMR getting strategy, but for That's me, like, I just That's like, I need to play ranked. Otherwise I just don't care about the game and I'd rather care play about party. the game.
0: Like party ranked,
1: man. I mean, sure. Like that, again, it's probably more efficient to do it that way, but this is just, this is what I do. Um, so yeah, play, just play the hero after you've gotten a little bit of experience Uh, learning it from a professional player and then play the ranked and then probably go back and then watch the pro replay and then watch your replay and see if you can pick out the differences and then just do that a few times and eventually you'll get to a point where you like you know enough and you have enough feel to where you just kind of need to grind muscle mechanics Uh, and then once you do that you'll get to a point where You'll have developed some habits and your muscle memory will be good. and then you'll have to go back and like find like the real real nuancey stuff that only like the best players in the world are doing.
0: Hey uh, shout out to dotaalchemy.com by the way, because we have a bunch of stuff on there for for uh, how, to, how to learn a, a hero like drills and exercises and stuff. and works for me. I didn't want to go into a hero because it's just it's a lot of information, but there's there's stuff on there. Check it out, guys.
1: Yeah, so actually, that that's a good point, and we'll we'll just shill ourselves a little bit. Just shill,
0: man. Well, we we gotta shill. Just
1: shill here at the end, which is that I got
0: I gotta pay rent, man. I got
1: One I of the things rent. that I've really been wanting to do, and actually Jenkins and I have been talking about this kind of from the beginning, is like, okay, so you know, there's obviously GameLeap.com, there's Pugna, and there's more MMR and whatever whatever your sort of like video curation site is uh but what separates those sites and one of the things that we really really wanted to do was to like actually make basically like drills to do uh just because that's how you learn in sports like if I wanted to learn to shoot a basketball you would actually do like drills to develop your wrist and arm coordination you wouldn't just like play basketball
0: yeah, yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like things you can very literally put into practice immediately after watching the video, like yeah. things you can actually just do, and it will naturally help you get get better stuff. Stuff stuff that like personally that I that I've done that I've seen growth, and Donnie's done, and we've seen you know MMR growths and starting starting to do that. Not like there's like a lot of hypothetical stuff, and I mean obviously we do get into the theoretical and stuff like that, but it, it's it's a lot, but. I can tell you that from playing on a competitive team, it's really hard. Like a lot of people will tell me things, and I wouldn't really necessarily understand why or how to make changes. It was just I knew I was doing things wrong, and it's like it felt kind of useless, you know. But the players who really helped me grow the most were people were people that were like Jenkins in the next game, do this, or between games, do this to deal with like your anxiety or whatever. Like th- these things where I actually had something to, to take a bite out of, you know, like something that I can that actually was was. Was something, something I could do. Like that, that helped me a lot. And I know that's how I learned. So hopefully, there's a lot of people out there that want to, that learn like that as well. Like they actually need something to fucking do as opposed to just like, oh, yeah, you did this wrong. You did this wrong. You did this wrong. These players are better than you. It's like, well, fuck, why? Like, what can I do? I want to get better. What can I do about it? You know, like it feels like hopeless sometimes. But once again, it's, I, I've learned, uh, uh, you know, uh, until this point, it's definitely gotten a lot better doing things than just,
1: yeah, and just knowing the
0: hypotheticals.
1: Exactly. That's, it's like what I was saying, people learn in different ways and you need all different types of learning, whether it's experiential or somebody telling you like the basics or whatever, um, or watching somebody do it. You kind of need all those pieces to actually like really learn something well. And so, um, that's definitely what we're trying to do with, uh, with our site is to provide like, not just some high MMR person telling you to like, play this hero to be good. Because it's not like that. It's like <laughs> you need to actually like learn the mechanics to do it. So anyway, thank you guys for the questions. They're really, really good. Um, obviously, this was a good one. yeah, we had some really good, really good stuff to talk about. We, I mean, we even learned some stuff fury crafting, like what towers are good. So I'm stoked yeah. about that. I'm, I'm actually really interested to try out this sort of map. Dude, yeah, I kind of
0: want to. I kind of want
1: to uh, talk go- to some
0: people and make it make a tower video. Yeah, like, I kind of want just get people's opinions on it.
1: All right, guys, uh, thank you for watching. Uh, Keep the questions coming, and we will do more episodes on a regular basis. And if you are going to TI, it's not too early to say this, I don't think, but if you're going to TI, come find me. I'd love to meet you in person. Um, Sadly, Jenkins won't be there, but uh, he will be there in spirit, and and perhaps um, if you you shake my hand at TI, I'll eventually shake his hand, and then by osmosis you'll have touched the god that is Andrew Jenkins. (laughs) Yeah, right. All right. If I grew a beard, I would look like Jesus, though. (laughs) All right, see ya.
0: See ya.